0: everybody
1: yo what's up episode 120 and we are here early today on the state side and i think a regular evening time over there in europe and uh western africa but welcome thank you for joining us to the show today we have a extremely very special guest as always and uh wow i can't believe we are up to episode 120 it's kind of crazy to think about but uh yes the first time us having this is our first time having a guest uh, from Africa on the show live with us. So that is really cool. We had to like start the show a little early and make sure that everything was going to go through well, but everything's going well. I didn't know if that we were going to be able to do it, but a place so far away, that's just how my <laughs> mind works. I'm such a boomer, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, a, yeah. Anyway, so I'm really excited for this show, but please, if you don't already, please follow us on all of our social media platforms. We have a Facebook, please give us a like. We have a YouTube. You can click the subscribe button and hit the notification bell. So when we have a live show, you get notified. Please, all of the engagements really help. If you like what you're hearing, leave a comment, share it. We have an iTunes. If you also like what you're hearing, you can listen to it while you're working. Give give us a five-star rating if you like it. Give us a review. We really appreciate that. And we also have a Patreon. You can be a Patreon member for as little as $3 a month. We offer exclusive content on Patreon. We do Uh, bonus uh, stuff with our guests, where we watch sections with them, where we watch old parts and they do a commentary on it. We do inside outs, which are trick tips. We do three pieces. So we do, um, yeah, we have exclusive content. You can do that for as little as $3 a month. And every month we do a random giveaway for our Patreons. And you could win something from our online store, a hat, a mug, a shirt. So three bucks a month, support the program. Get yourself in like a random drawing. Oh, look at you. You got the, everything going. You got the whole outfit going. Got it all
0: going. Boom. Yep.
1: So that's my spiel. Uh, thanks for listening to it. Thanks for <laughs> listening to it.
0: Um I'll give a quick shout out to our two new Patreon supporters this week. We have Eric Dranginis and Jimmy Pancakes. Favorite meal of the day. Billy, definitely your J- favorite meal of the day. Breakfast. Jimmy Pancakes. I mean <laughs> –
1: Breakfast is my favorite meal of the day. Pancakes, I, that's only on a special occasions, you know? Oh, really? It's, still, it's too sweet. It's, too, it's a sweet treat. I, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to get healthy out here, man. I'm, I'm getting old, Austin. I'm trying to keep skating.
0: Just stick to the potatoes, the eggs.
1: No, you got to keep it green. The Green plate, lots, lots of different colors. Eat the rainbow. That's, that's what I say.
0: I like that motto. <laughs> it's a new Billy for 2022. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> uh, we have a WTF this week. This one comes from Mr. Josh Weaver with another trick that probably has no name, if you know what this is called, like a sole training wheel with your toe bent the wrong way. I have no idea. Bill, you have any idea?
1: No, but it looks tough on the knee. I know, Uh, my
0: cringes (laughs) thinking about that. That's so sick though. It is really sick. And he does a little swivel out.
1: Ah, looking like Sagona. And wow, look at those skates. Those skates look good too. Holy moly. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this guy's on fire shout out to josh weaver
0: that wasn't why we picked the clip by the way i chose the clip before we dis- uh, realized he had mesmers on
1: <laughs> yeah austin chooses the wtf so it's not biased i didn't do anything no, super, i just agreed
0: super sick <laughs> trick if anyone knows what this is called uh let us know and yeah
1: what kind of name would you what would you call that huh
0: it's like a training oh. wheel but not really
1: I feel like I'm going to go try that today and get hurt after this, but
0: we'll see. <laughs> no, I <didn't> get <laughs> um, does my volume sound all right, everyone? Everyone said my, my uh, volume was a little low, but it, and my end, it shows that it's, it's good. Let me know if you hear me. Mic check, yeah. mic check one, two, one, two, one, two. Um, yeah, I can hear you. Okay. Yeah. I mean, we did the little test beforehand everything cool. Yeah, uh, let, but give me a, you know, give me we got to listen
1: up. to the audience.
0: Yeah, give me a thumbs up in the chat. I haven't actually. I we went on a streak where I used to check with the audience to make sure the volume was good because it was always different on the live stream compared to how we tested it beforehand. So let me know if you hear me still or not. Yeah, we guys, in that. the
1: comments, let, let, let us uh, let us know. We got to hear Austin's
0: voice. You okay, there we go. Clear. Oh, it's, it's a lot Thank, better. Thanks, Sam cool. from Ghana. Says a lot better. Okay, cool, perfect. Thank you. Uh, I want to give a quick shout out to. Uh, an event happening next week, Blade Havasu 8. If you're on the West Coast or in the States anywhere, want to travel to a nice, cool, chill event, next weekend, February 25th to the 27th in Lake Havasu City, Arizona. It'll be a nice little event. It's the 8th annual Blade Havasu trip. Uh, really chill park. There'll be camping. There'll be a bowl contest, a best trick contest. Uh, there's a lot of, lot of fun stuff happening that weekend. So check it out if you're in the area. I have a link in the description of this video to check out the website and get more info on it. And be a part of the Facebook group too. So you join the, the chat if you're looking for a ride or something like that. Hit somebody up. That's Blade Habasu 8. And we. Yeah, a lot, a
1: lot of people are going this year. A lot um, of people go know, every Walt,
0: year.
1: Walt hit me up. He's going this year. Mm-hmm. But, but Joey from Hawaii is going.
0: Uh, I forgot he was going. Damn.
1: Yeah, he's flying there from Hawaii. That's pretty I'm going to I'm going to so. miss that.
0: I'm going to miss Joey.
1: I'm going to miss it too. It's my brother's bachelor party. So oh, yeah, that's right. I'll be doing that. Mm hmm.
0: I'm broke so I can't make it but
1: shout out to everyone that played you know, <laughs> kill, yeah. kill it for us kill um, it
0: for us sure. for anybody who missed it go check out our last episode episode 119 with Philip gripper we had an awesome chat with Philip great guy lots mm-hmm. of love especially in the comments and in, in the live chat and everything uh, mm-hmm. I just want to give a shout out to some comments from last episode um, James Garland says yes let's get some demos done get more visibility and interest in the sport people need to see how awesome this sport is we had an awesome chat about um doing demos across the country and ways to teach and educate people on skating throughout the country and philip was involved with some of that so we had a nice little talk about it it's very interesting topic i think it needs to happen more as well so uh, hopefully we see more of that in the future because this sport is growing and there's more people all over the world getting started with this so
1: yeah, it's cool to really see a lot of the uh, the first timers that have been, uh, st- I see a lot of clips on Instagram, like suggested clips of people that have been skating, like just a few weeks, just a few months and just like learning how to skate. And it's really cool. It just like reminds me of like, oh, I remember, I remember learning that. Learning. I remember learning those things. Like, mm-hmm. you know, just those, it's really exciting in the beginning when you're learning skating.
0: Yeah. And it's interesting for us too. I mean, like I said before on the show, skating with people who just started having to think about tricks that. Pretty much become like second nature to us over again. It like really makes mm-hmm. us think about it too, and it's a, just a learning experience for everybody. But yeah, everybody, if you haven't seen it, listened to it yet, go check out episode one hundred and nineteen with Philip Gripper.
1: Yeah, that was a good one.
0: Uh, should we get
1: moving with our guest? Anything else? No, I'm really excited to talk to our guest.
0: Me too. This is going to be a good one. This is well overdue. This episode, everybody, please welcome Mister. Oh, let me get the crowd going. <laughs> Mr. Dan Obwogo. Oh, no, this isn't right. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> <Yes. Hey. laughs> I hey hope Dan, it works. you. Dan, how you doing?
1: It.
2: Great, great.
1: It's really cool to have you on the show, and it's been cool to, you know, see everything from you, like in the growing skate scene in, in Africa, and everything that you've like been a part of and, and helped grow from streets of Lagos to, to everything. But, um, I'm curious, like, um, I know, I know you've, you've have, uh, you're relatively new to skating in terms of like how we all know it, but you've been doing it for many years now. So how did you get started and what was your first time being exposed to skating?
2: So interestingly, um, my journey was, I, I don't know how I'm going to describe it, but it was like, very very um, funny <laughs> because uh, I used to play basketball in uni and in university mm-hmm. and I had issues with um, the fact that like sometimes when you walk on your game and you come to play with like homies on the court and then they probably not at par with your gameplay and then like you might work so hard on your dribbles and your crossovers and everything but in terms of the communication it's not working well because you have to depend on the other person's understanding. So it was pretty hectic for me whereby I'm like, I work so hard on my game and then if the team doesn't work as much as I do, then we're not actually going to like progress. So I was looking for something that, you know, I can pour whatever I pour into, I'm going to get like instant result back. So I met this guy in my, university who stays in the same hostel with me and he was riding k k2 freestyle skates and i never like knew what rollerblading was so i just approached him and said how do you like move on this thing how is it possible you're like going backwards and like things like that and he was and he was like he was french but he spoke english and he was just telling me that like it's it's not a big deal that like um it's just like dancing, basically. So um, I thought about it for, for some while, you know, because I was like, should I do this or not? Or let me just focus on basketball. And one day I just made a decision to like um, do it. But then the only issue was finance because I didn't have money to buy a pair of real blades. So it was a very big decision. Like, okay, do I really have to, get the skates, or just forget about it. So I had to make a really huge sacrifice, which was to use money for my tuition that semester. to like buy a pair of bits, which was totally wow. insane. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, so I just made that sacrifice, which was stupid because like, you know, my parents were like expecting me to like pay for my tuition and like, you know, be studying and doing stuff. So now like here I am. I get like a large amount of money and I give this dude that I trust him. And then he takes me into into the town and there's really no skate shop because I schooled in Benin Republic, which is um, a small country that shares the same border with Nigeria, but they are colonized by the French. So they speak French. That's where I did my university. So um, he takes me to this shack somewhere in the market in town And there's this dude who gets like um, secondhand clothes, shoes, bags, just random stuff that comes from overseas. And he also gets rollerblades. So he speaks to him in French and tells him, does he have a big size skate that would fit me? And I was and uh, I was like so I was like, Okay, if this guy doesn't have this skate, then I'll get my money back and I'm like going to pay for my <laughs> twitch two- three- three- two- three- two- <laughs> and I'll forget yeah, about this thing. You know, guy. so so I was having I was having my fingers crossed like, okay, if this doesn't work then I'll see how like, you know, I wouldn't have caused any havoc. And the guy was yeah. like, We and was like, We said oh, there's like a big skate here and I was like, Oh, okay. And then he brings up um, this huge Salomon freestyle Salomon skates. Um, they were not aggressive by the way, they were just freestyle skates. And I was like, whoa, like that's really beautiful. And I try it on, he's like, I should try it on. And I was like, I've never like done it before. And then I put my feet in the skates and I tripped. And like everyone in the shop, everyone in the shop just laughed because I was like tall <laughs> and you know, falling, having a tundra slam and everyone was like laughing and stuff like that. And it was a little bit embarrassing, but, you know, the French guy who brought me was like, I'm brave. You know, like the fact that like I can even put my feet in it and stand means I can actually get good at it. So I took his word for it. We bought it and I went back to the hostel and I now tell him, okay, so i bought the skates now. What's, what does this entail? How do we do our training? He was like, don't bother me again. I, I don't have any business with you. And I was like, so confused. like, yo, I'm getting skates because I saw you skating. I need you to give me tips. He's like, <laughs> he's not giving me no tips. And I was like, it's very stupid. Like, I see you doing something I like and I'm asking you to put me through and you're like, no, you don't want anything involved in it. And I felt like, did I just like make a very foolish decision to like invest in something that like, I, I don't even have any idea, you know, what's going to happen or something like that. So I, I was really sad and I was like, Oh, should I go return the skates back or what? So I just like, you know, calmed down and like put my feet in it and like just started trying and trying trying in the hostel and my colleagues and my mates just laughing they're like yo this is just so dumb it's for kids it's for children like you're not playing basketball anymore like it doesn't make any sense like this is just dumb and i was like falling everywhere like hitting walls and things like that which was like so hilarious you know but then but then like there was just something about rollerblading it's like it's it's a humbling experience the fact that like when you put your feet in the skates for the first time he humbles you. It just tells you that, like, you know, you just like you just have to bring yourself to this very humble feeling, like, you know, just block all the negative energy around you and just, like, focus on what you're doing. And that was the first lesson I learned from role-playing, you know, and I just kept at it and kept at it, kept at it, kept doing it nonstop. And, you know, before you knew it, I was even skipping classes to, like, practice rollerblading. And it was so insane. So I was like, okay, um, I haven't paid for my tuition. I, they can't let me take some courses. So I'm like, okay, fine. Maybe I'll just make my major on rollerblading. So, <laughs> <laughs> so wow. I was just, like, I was just, like, I just focused on rollerblading. So I was rollerblading, like, every day, like, every day, every day, every day, nonstop. And I had um, some friends in the hostel. there's this guy called Chuk Sokere, who is Nigerian, who's a friend of mine, who um, just got admission in school and used to rollerblade and like was seeing me um, doing stuff and he was like yo I know how to rollerblade you know and seeing the Chooks also rollerblade you know was also motivation because I was seeing someone who was like really good at that movement and like I was hanging out with Chooks for a while and then I found out that there were also a couple of other guys in school who also knew how to rollerblade but like they didn't rollerblade, rollerblade they were like They knew it, and they were kind of like, okay, we don't have skates, so, you know, we couldn't do it. So it's like me rollerblading sparked up interest. Like, all the people want to get into it, because now it's looking like this new cool thing in campus. So a lot of people are like, oh, I really want to join you and start skating too, you know, and that was just it. Like, I sparked, like, a small little community in the university and, like, we all started skating together. I started doing stuff, and that was how it started.
0: Wow! What a story. That is
1: such a really incredible, captivating story. Like everything from how you had to get the skates, and and then your mentor was like kind of like after he took you there, he kind of like let you go, and you had to figure it out on your own. And yeah, to use your school tuition for that is is so it's that's just so wow! What a wild story.
0: Yeah. It's great um,
1: so many questions i have but one of them is so after he um the guy said i don't want to teach you leave me alone um how did you start first like discovering what was happening on skates was it like through instagram and how did you start kind of connecting everything together with like the difference between aggressive or like freestyle or the different kinds of you know what i mean like how did you discover getting into that
2: so, um, it was a really long time before I even knew that, like, there was a larger world of, like, rollerblading out there, you know. I didn't even know it was something big. I was just doing it. I wasn't even filming or doing anything. I was just, like, skating. Like, that was what I was enjoying. Not I didn't know anything about the history or, with, like, nothing, you know. So, I, so I was cool. skating for, like, yeah, I was skating for, like, Um, A semester, like that whole semester because I I didn't go for classes, so I was like, I was in school but I wasn't going for classes, I was just like, relevant, so I was doing that for a very long time and my progression was like, enormous, so um, some dudes were looking at me and then there was this guy in my my hostel called Gideon and he like just told me, yo dad, like I want to tell you something, and I was like what, and he was like why not, like, stop filming your skating and things like that? I was like, no, 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 no. I don't really need to film stuff like that. He was like, have I heard of Instagram? And, like, I should Google it on YouTube and things like that. I was, like, hesitant. I was like, I really don't, because I was on Instagram. I was on social media. So I was, like, you know, worried about those type of things because, like, it's really scary what you hear about, like, the internet and things like that. So I was skeptical about, like, checking them out. But he Gideon kind of, like, told me I should just type what I'm doing there. I just typed skates because I didn't know it was called rollerblading. So yeah. uh, roller skating turns up, skateboarding turns up. Then you see rollerblading turn up somehow. But, like, it's called, like, inline skating or freestyle something. So I announced that like researching on YouTube. And then I come across um, Greg Mizorian's freestyle videos for rural Greg Missourian, And I also come across Nick Lomax, um, Auburn freestyle skating for Power Slide. So those videos were like, you know, what the first videos I, I got to see because I was doing freestyle skating. I was on Salomon Skates. So I was seeing them skate freestyle skating, you know? And watching those videos, watching those videos, um, you know how YouTube works. is like there are other pop-ups related to the post that you're watching that they refer to you. So I now start seeing some other posts of like the same inline skating, but like they're doing stuff on rails. And I was like... What the heck is this? <laughs> you know, I was like, "This is—is is this the same skates I have on?" I'm like asking questions. So I'm now like digging deep yeah. and reser- researching and like, you know, researching. So the Niclomax Greg great I'm now seeing Niclomax do aggressive rollblading and he's grinding on stuff. But I'm now like curious. Like, I mean, is this the same skates or what exactly? You know. So I was just watching those videos, but still curious and still staring at my skates because, you know, there's no one I'm going to ask these questions to. It's just, like, new to me. So I just thought myself, okay, I now go to meet the French guy. And he's, like, he doesn't want to talk to me again. And I was like, why? He said, because I'm better at him at skating now, so I'm trying to, like, call him out so I'll do a tricky can do. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I was like, no, 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 I'm not trying to, like... Put on a show or brag or stuff like that, like I just want to ask a question like, I'm seeing this type of skating, this is it the same as this? He's like, No, like that one is um, dangerous, it's like witchcraft, or like some really <laughs> hilarious stuff is telling me. So I was like, Okay, let me go to the shop I bought the road from, the Salomon skates from, and ask the guy if he has ever seen. Anything like that—that's like an aggressive move. Like anyone grind on a rail or on a ledge, or whether they are skates meant for that. So I take a, you know, a bus down to the market. I meet this guy who's who I bought the skates from, and I show him the video. And the first thing he said is, "Do I want to die?" I was like, <laughs> I was like, I was like, why, why would you ask me that question? He was like, "Can't, can't you see this is are crazy?" You're like jumping up buildings and like jumping on rails why would I want to start doing that type of stuff I should just focus on what I'm doing now and remove my mind from that and I'm like but this is interesting like I mean it's it's real he was like no 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 like those skates he was like those skates don't run fast their tires are small I was like yeah but it's cool when you're doing so he was like do I do I want those kids? I was like, yes, I, I want them. I, I, I want to see how it is. I want to know how to feel. I want to you know know what it's about. And he causes yeah. out he causes outrageous amount of money just for me to get those kids. And I was like, ah, oh, God, like, am I gonna use another tuition money? Like, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> and he's like, and he's like, well, if you want it. Pay that money and you get it, and it was like it was a large amount of money, you know. So, anyways, what skates were they? Um, Anarchy, Anarchy, one of those old retro blades was
0: called Anarchy. Oh, did we lose him? We lost Dan. I think we lost him. We lost Dan. Anarchy, I never heard of that. First of all. No,
1: we gotta get him back in, but I'm already <laughs> yeah. so so captivated by his story. It's insane.
0: Um He was saying that he went to another country to get skates. That's what he was saying, right? He said he was on, on the borderline and he had to go like to this
1: other town. Did he say it's another country? Yeah,
0: let me see. I'm You're trying back. to keep up. Here we go. <laughs> you back? <laughs> okay.
1: Well, so, so yeah. Anarchy skates. Yes, we can hear you. Go I ahead.
2: Hear- uh, the Anarchy skates. Okay. Yeah. 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 So, so it, there were Anarchy skates, like really weird. And I don't know, they, they felt really different from the Salomon I was riding because the Salomon I was riding was like soft boots, really comfortable, but this one is like hard boots and you can't really turn easily like you would with the Salomon and it felt like really different, you know, So um, yeah, I had to like make another sacrifice and like, you know, take some money out of my um, accommodation and like buy it, you know. So at this point I was like, the joke, like just a big joke, seriously, because it was like the most stupid thing anyone would ever do. Like you're supposed to be getting a degree and here you are doing something that you have no idea about or know where it's going to take you and you're putting so much time and investing so much energy training and doing things and then you really like i don't know what i was thinking seriously but i was doing it and it was fun it was great and yeah that was just how I started trying stuff out with the anarchy skates, and I was watching videos and tutorials, front sides, sides, so grand. And they were really, really difficult to learn at first, you know. And due to the fact that like, I was really curious, it became quite of a problem with the other skaters I was teaching in university because you know for them, they basically just wanted to have fun on skates, you know. And for me, I was like a mad scientist who's like trying to like figure out stuff. Yeah, so,
1: go all the way, huh? So,
2: yeah. So it was. It wasn't. It wasn't really turning good at them because then I'm like throwing myself over obstacles, getting injured, getting bruises, and then they're like, "This guy must be really crazy. Like, there's something wrong with him upstairs," you know. <laughs> so, <laughs> so a lot of them like stopped, hanging out with me and stop skating with me i thought that like i was like mentally unstable because i wasn't like going to classes i was like i was even like i wasn't even like having a place to sleep it was like so funny and meanwhile my parents were thinking oh my son is in school he's like studying hard he's like doing great he's like amazing he's the best son ever and i'm like right there being a mad scientist like trying to do stuff, you know, and it was so hilarious because now I'm alone by myself figuring stuff out and when I call homies to skate it becomes a problem and they're like, I should not bother them, like it doesn't make any sense, it's stupid. So, I basically just started researching and skating by myself all that time and then I started, um, you know, Gideon, you know, I just give what Gideon said a shot and turned on an Instagram and started um, posting on Instagram and Facebook. So that was how my journey started. So now I'm like, oh, um, I have to make sure I learn this trick today and post this trick and then tag whoever. But then I didn't really know much about hashtags anyways, but I was just like posting. So um, one of the people that I know that like followed me from my social media documentation journey when I started in like, I think when I actually stayed posted on social media, it was like 2017, 2016, there about. And um, yeah, um, Philip Moore was like the dude who actually like, followed me when I started, you know, because I was, then he was writing Shadows, and I was always chatting with him all the time, you know, shout out to Philip Moore. So I was like, Chat with him on facebook and then he was seeing me um grind on the keys and also tried to grind on the freestyle skates too and he was telling me oh um jump both feet up to lock put your body this way you know more." Was like i should put my body that way i should put my body this way and oh, cool. yeah 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 so then i i made a video part like a small video part i i i think it's probably lost somewhere, it used to be on YouTube though, but I made like a small edit, and it was such a big deal for me then because um, I did a 540 down, like I think a seven, eight stair set, and that was like one of my biggest dreams ever like spin 540 off a big stair set. So I, I had like one of my friend, Solomon, who was just like filming me, with his phone, so I was just like doing the little tricks I could do, the, the freestyle Mario, and then just jumping because I, I like jumps. So I was just doing a lot of freestyle jumps, and that was it. I just made like a small edit, I put my name there, and then I sent it to Philip. And Philip was like, "Yo, this is insane!" You know, like the edit and everything. So he, you know, reposts and shares, and I think friends of his now started like checking me out and that's how I started getting to know um other rollerbladers you know so it was like Philip Moore was basically the guy that like really came through with the exposure for me to like get myself out there in the community so that's how it started and yeah
0: that's it yeah. that's
1: incredible It's so sick with such te- an in- yeah.
0: yeah with technology now that you were able to get mentored by somebody in California when you were in Nigeria but the person who actually got you on skates wouldn't even help you <laughs> like you know like that's that, that's crazy that you could do that now and it's interesting to see how hear how like ostracized you were when you started skating and it seems like you are now is it still the same way do people like after many years of rollerblading now do your friends and family still like give you shit pretty much for rollerblading or they look at it differently now.
2: Well, I'll put it this way: it kind of feels like I'm a monk in a way. I know it sounds hilarious, but like that's just how it feels. It kind of feels like I'm a monk who's like who came down from like a, from a Shaolin temple, something like that. And it's like yes. <laughs> trying to like trying to like blend in with like people in the normal world, and then you're like. Zen about everything, and you respect nature, you like respect life because what you're doing is like this really little thing that has like really huge impact on the environment, but then nobody sees it. So it kind of feels like I'm this weird Zen monk who's like goes places and looks at things from a different perspective. So that's just how it is, kind of like a hobo in a way, and yeah. (laughs)
1: <laughs> Still
2: that's,
1: like that. that's cool no but it's it's it, i know what you mean like the it's like uh skating is kind of like i've said it a few times it's kind of like a martial arts like you know where you're just like start off as like a novice and progressively like get more into your craft and and whether it be like a zen way or you know in, in the way of martial arts or just like getting it but um that's really cool that's a cool perspective Um, I know I discovered you for the first time on, uh, Instagram. And when I first saw you on Instagram, it was, you didn't have aggressive skates and you were doing tricks and it was mainly for like the, um, it's, it seemed like you were just enjoying skating like for the pure way from before discovering the culture, like you were saying before knowing that there were people rollerblading or that there were tricks and like everything, this whole history behind it. Um, But it eventually got to the point where, you know, you had Dom West and, you know, come out and, you know, Philip Moore is like, you know, teaching you. How did it get to the point where Dom West like reached out and wanted to come out for Streets of Lagos?
2: Yo, like, (laughs) Dom West is like, I I would still say Dom West is still like recent. That's like, uh, Dan and evolved down from like way back to now, so it's like yeah. so much so much crazy things have already happened, so let's go back to like okay um to like um uh, trying to graduate from uni first, you know okay. I still like roadblading pretty much, mm-hmm. so like here I am, um yeah, still playing doing stuff, and then like um i'm I hit a wall which is like. Okay, what do I want to do with my life? Am I am I going to like be a a, a rollerblade street performer or be a graduate? You know, so um, it was really hectic because then I I asked a message in Philip and I was asking questions like, um, can you make a living from skating? Like I love skating so much. What's it you know like? What's it gonna be like? Like I want to drop out from school and things like that. And Philip was like. um... It was like, "Just do you, bro." It <laughs> was like, "Do what you want to do, you know. And do you is not an answer. It's like you're still <laughs> the one who's going to make that. It's just you're still the one who's going to make that choice and make that decision pretty much, you know. So um, yeah, I decided to get back to it and finish uni, and I, I graduated, but that was like some years after my mates had graduated, you know, but anyways, I still graduated. And I'm leaving the Republic to Lagos and my home is Lagos, Nigeria. So here I am in Lagos, Nigeria, um, new spots, new environment, new aesthetic, things are different. And, um, I'm meaning, um, I just, I just got to find out that there's like a huge building community in Lagos, like massive, like thousands of skaters. It was like, wow. what? you know <laughs> that was I was like I was like I'm like a skate maker or something like it's so cool like I was like where's where, where will I meet the skaters and they were like I should go to the National Stadium in Lagos so um I come to the National Stadium in Lagos and I find out that like there are actually so many rollerbladers in Lagos like and they had various rollerblading clubs they were like Wow. Four or five, yeah, there were like four or five rollerblading clubs that already existed in, La- in in Lagos already. And they were highly competitive, like highly competitive. Like most of these kids were doing like crazy things, like really crazy things that like most of the top pros in America were doing. But wow. it wasn't documented. Like no one, no one was filming it, no one was documenting it they were just doing it and battling between themselves just like their own small community so there was like no filming no pictures everyone was just like coming and skiing hard and doing really nasty crazy things like
0: wow. for example
2: uh yeah like for example there was this one that i witnessed whereby they made a huge ring of fire and then they oh, packed wow. a car close to the ring of like a, a car close to the ring of fire and like this dude like skated through the ring of fire and like <laughs> went over the car with a 360. It was so insane.
0: Wow. <laughs> that sounds like a movie. <laughs> oh my God.
2: Yo, it was real. It was real life. Like real life stuff. Like Niger- Nigerian rollerbladers were already doing this as far back as like 2016, 2017 that like I was really home, you know? And I was like, geez, this is insane. Like I, I used to think that like, I was good at skating. But I was like, these guys are like, who are these guys? You know, and and it was so insane. And then you know, these clubs are like, we're better, we're better jumpers than you. We're better this than you. You know, and and then I'm like, um, I, I'm like, okay, maybe I should make friends with, with a couple of these guys. You know, the interesting yeah. thing about it, the interesting thing about it was the fact that like, I had already started my aggressive rollerblading journey, but nobody in Lagos was doing aggressive roadblading. So it was pretty new. And my approach towards skating was different from theirs. you know, for them, their, their style of skating was freestyle jumping. Freestyle jumping is a big deal for Lagos skaters. Like freestyle jumping and skitching, road skitching is like the top, top teams It's insane. I've seen
1: it. It is so crazy looking. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. yeah like yeah, like, like, like
1: skitch backwards and stuff. It's insane. Like Yo, like
2: exactly. Like when it comes to when it comes to skitching and freestyle jumping, like Nigerian rollers are like really vast at that. So you know, I was I didn't really know how to skitch aggressively the way they did. I'll just call it aggressive skitching, pretty much. <laughs> so I really yeah i really didn't know how to like you know sketch the way they did i mean i could hold on to a car but like a car running like 100 150 170 and you're like still sketching on it and like you're even like bending so low you're almost like under the car and like (laughs) doing some nasty stuff i never like imagined myself doing things like that but these kids like 10 11 12 13 they're already like doing that type of stuff you know and they were so wild because most of the, those rollerblading kids were from the ghetto. So they were so wild that, like, sometimes if you beat at them or try to hit them, instead of carrying um, this type of, like, rubber pipes that they use for a sink, they would, like, grab those pipes and carry them at when rollerblading. So anytime someone tries to be really rough at them, they will, like, whip your mirror or whip your glass or, like, whip your head out of the car oh, if you're trying to, like, wow. hurt them. So they were like very dangerous and like very, like were really, really crazy. So, um, I mean, some of them come from the hardest and toughest place, so they're like really, you know, loud and really rough. So me trying to blend in with them and trying to like um, get in that community of dads was really hard because one, I was more subtle. I wasn't rough and, yeah. uh, you know, so they told me to be like the weak one. And they told me, guy, if, if I don't step up, like, I'm going to die skating in Lagos.
0: And I, I- Oh, no, we lost him again. We lost him again? Did we lose? Uh, no, you're here somewhere. Okay. It, it just re- resets it, I guess, when that happens. But, damn, I was going to ask about the sketching, too, because... I mean- Every I need to I, keep hearing this story. We need him back. I know because every time I'm like you think so about, captivated. Every time I think about sketching, I think about like New York City. I think most people probably think about New York City because you don't really sketch many other places. But they sketch like crazy out there. Hold on, we got them yeah. back in here. There we go. <laughs> it's all good. All You're right.
1: back. We got it. You got it. You're back. Let's go. Let's pick it up from there. So you were saying <laughs> okay. they were like they were, they were okay. okay yeah.
2: yeah, yeah. So they told me they told me that like. If, you know, I don't step up and stop being soft or, you know, being all nice, like, I'm going to die rollerblading in Lagos. Like, they just, they just told me that and, like, walked out on me, like, fuck, like, get out, dude. (laughs) You know, like, you're you're soft. So, uh, you know, I was, I was really worried and scared. I was like, wow, like, like, this is really intense because in Lagos, we don't have good roads, which is one of our biggest challenges. So our roads are rough. Drivers are really reckless. So even pedestrians get killed by cars. So talk less of roadblading. We don't even have sidewalks. So it's it's like a death race pretty much if you're roadblading Lagos. So yeah, I now like make friends with a couple of these kids, and um, I remember one of them was Tosin um, Ijimakimwa, who became a really close friend of mine and, you know, we still talk, but we're not as close as that, but we're still talking. I oh, know. Oh, lost
0: them again. We lost them again. Right in like the juicy parts of these stories. Like
1: it's, so, it's cause he's so far.
0: That's why. <laughs> Is this what we're going to blame it on? <laughs> it's, it's a lot of miles. The, man. Fi- the fiber optics need to step it up. This technology. It's a lot these of, days. it's a lot of, it's a lot of work. Yo,
1: uh, this is crazy, especially like uh, like him saying like you know w- when we were like young skating in New York and skitching, like we would be a little rough and like you know a little I thought a little so too. wild, <laughs> but you saying they're like if people they were like hit the people in the car and yeah stuff they have like a like weapons pretty much and, yeah wow I mean it just sounds and yeah the fact that like you could die too is just so wild I'm sorry you you were saying. <laughs>
2: You know, I really don't know why the saber is really bad, but I'm sorry, this is um, Nigeria. Crazy shit happened here. So
0: it's all good. Just keep it it's all good. Just keep it going because this is so, uh, yeah. interesting It's fun. So
2: yeah. So yeah, um yeah. I, I make friends with Tosin and Tosin is like really wild. He's one of those guys who like, you know, is like ready to fight and like break someone's head if you try to say stuff. So he was a really tough kid. He like he's one of those daredevils when it comes to skitching. And he just became, like, my coach and he's like, teaching me how to, like, sketch on cars, you know. Sometimes um, someone is, like, don't sketch on my car, don't hold my car. And they would, like, hold the car and want the person to do his worst. And they're, like, do your worst, do your worst, like, <laughs> tell the person, you know. They were, like, so wild, you know. and. Yeah. You know, I was I was rolling with them and, like, moving with them for, like, a while, learning how to actually navigate through Lagos in the most aggressive way possible to not, like, you know, do some really crazy things and, like, things that could get you arrested, but, like, it was so wild, you know? And that was it. I was having a new, a different perspective on skating. This was completely outside what YouTube was showcasing, and outside what was on Instagram this is like Nigerian rollerblading this is this is something that like doesn't exist it's like different you know so that was it like I was getting myself immersed in how to actually move through the city and you know I lived that style then I then it got to a point and I told them they're like okay um with this intense energy you guys have and how brave you guys are why don't try aggressive role blazing and they were like <laughs> makes sense <laughs> and, yeah yeah and they were like i don't like uh in um in nigeria we speak pidgin english i don't know if you've ever heard of pidgin english so in nigeria when uh, someone is telling you stuff and like you're really not interested you say something like Organo stress me, Joe. Don't worry me. So like, <laughs> so like, that was what they are always like. They're like, organo stress me. Uh, you know, teams like slams and things yeah, like p- that. P- p-
1: Pigeon English is like in Jamaica, right? They use Pigeon English in Jamaica. Yeah, but, no?
2: but, but the ours is different from ours. Ours is like, different. The Jamaican one is Patois. It's like, also different. So ours is, yeah, ours is different. So, you know, that was, that was it. And, Luckily enough, I was able to convince Tosin to like start doing um aggressive rollerblading. So me and him were like, um, with the knowledge we have of the streets, we started playing around with stuff. So it was just me and Tosin for a while. And-
0: oh geez. Ah. Damn. You
1: gotta bear with them. You gotta bear with them.
0: I know, we gotta bear with the Nigerian internet.
1: This is real deal aggressive rollerblading though. Like well, we I thought we did like aggressive rollerblading. This this is like in its true form <laughs> like it's um it's super aggressive it's like how
0: we us New Yorkers we used to think like ca- Californian uh, aggressive skaters that is so easy it's like nice weather like perfect spots like you drive yeah, from spot to spot and we're like nah New York it's rugged we like skate everywhere like no spots yeah. perfect and then it's like Nigerian skating which yeah. is like that on an absolutely another level uh, we have Dan here I think No, maybe not. Maybe we'll try again, Dan,
1: (laughs) but it's, it's wild though to think of like, you know, that there's no sidewalks and like people, you know, even pedestrians like die. Like, you know, like, you know, in, in, in New York terms, a smaller scale, like, you know, every now and then we hear about like, uh, cyclists passing, you know, there's like cyclist accidents all the time and things like that. But you just look at some of these videos of how they're sketching and like how the, the traffic moves, like, in 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 nigeria i mean even when we were in like certain places in europe it like moves way different than it does in the states It's just like much more like aggressive and yeah um, so i could i I could even imagine that with no sidewalks and like combine it with the sketching and like all like the wildness of it just being like super intense
0: and like unpaved roads and everything yeah welcome back dan
2: Yo, I'm really so bugged, this is calling off. I'm so sorry, whoever is watching, I'm so sorry.
0: It's all good, it's all um, good, you're here. Yeah, matters. all good.
2: Okay, so um, here, yeah, um, yeah, so me and Tosin basically, we're on this journey, exploring and doing stuff, and then I'm unlocking certain tricks that like um, people in Nigeria probably wouldn't have thought about because they are just so used to the freestyle jumping in the kitchen, because that's their MO. And then I said I started doing tricks like wall rides and you know magic slides and things like that and some pretty um, some certain techniques that you know it's an incorporation of freestyle and aggressive together, and it was like mind blowing for most of these other freestyle guys who are at the stadium and seeing Tosin also learning those things with me and both of us like doing it also made some other guys like want to get involved and like jump on it too. And that's how aggressive I started pushing their whole aggressive road blading thing. I was like doing it for a while and like people were trying to get involved and like trying to push. But the only issue was um person didn't have an aggressive skate. I was the only one who was riding the anarchy. So most of the tricks I, I was practicing, he was trying to do it on freestyle skates and it was Really challenging for him, but he he tried. Like he was able to still do a frontside of freestyle frames, I was really cool. So um, even I myself, my anarchy skates um, started wearing off at some point, and you know some of the other kids also want to try it, could not because they also didn't have um, you know aggressive skates. Aggressive skates. So yeah, uh, yeah so. Um, yeah, I I post on Instagram like, yo, my skate's bad or something like that. <laughs> I tell Philip Moore, you know, and and all of the homies and like, yo, that's when Philip Moore, Ryan Lowry or D Mag as of that time and uh Maul Ashby, a couple of homies and like the whole New York homies most like precisely kind of like uh came in and oh, okay. <laughs> Well, we, hear you, at least. we still hear you. Yeah, but power out here though. I mean it's oh, wait, your have pa- good power. We don't have good power. Your power here, went so out. Oh wow.
0: I thought we just lost the yeah, video for you.
2: No, how- no it's all right. it's a Niger- it's a Nigerian thing, don't worry. How is your com- <laughs> how is your computer
0: still on? Is this gonna last?
2: I uh, I think it should at some point. So anyways, um okay. yeah, I hit the um, I hit, you know, the homies up online and they were able to do a fundraiser and as of that time, I think it was 2018, Demskates just launched their company and they were, like, um, the hottest chick in the game as of that time. So, like, you know, everyone was, like, trying to get their hands on, you know, yes, Demskates. <laughs> oh, there we go. <laughs> <Come>
0: back. <laughs> yes, let's go.
2: Okay. Okay. So, uh, yeah. And... Uh, Ryan Lowy was the one who was actually like communicating with me more with Philip, also like doing it all together. And Ryan asked me, I was like, Dan what skates would you want? You know, and I was like, um I really don't know, but the damn skates look really cool. I like the damn skates. And I was like, don't worry, we'll get it, you know. And they did a go for me and got the Dems skates. Um, also Matt Mikitsu was also involved. And, you know, it was so incredible. Like, I got my first pair of proper aggressive roll blades. That whole yeah. initiative was, I think that was like one of the things that really made me have huge, I felt like really loved and accepted by the international bleeding community like i never like i think that was probably the first package I first international package or package i ever got you know it felt so incredible like i'm putting the cape on my pillow and i'm like slipping you know it's yeah. like no
0: it's, it's way that's like, <laughs> so cool
2: <laughs> it's so it was so such a beautiful experience man it was such a beautiful experience i was so grateful to like everyone who, who got involved and uh, John Julio of skates, like the uh, skates homie homies were like also really, you know, looking out for my um looking out for my progression and things like that. And that was a nine oh eight and I was writing that and pushing and pushing and pushing and you know, being more active. And um I got a message from Caleb Austin Smith from Iowa in America and uh, Caleb is like, yo, Dan, I really love your skating and I love your energy and I love what you're doing. I was like, okay, thank you. It's awesome. Things like that. He's like, you'd like to come out to Nigeria. And I was like, huh? Huh?
1: <laughs> like, I'm wow. Like,
0: you.
2: Yeah. I was like, really? Are you joking? He's like, no, he's serious, you know? And Caleb was scared anyways, he was really scared because you know how dangerous it is in Lagos and he's never traveled internationally before and this was really scary and creepy for him. He's like a white dude going to meet some stranger, stay in his house and things like that. And yeah, it happened. Caleb was (laughs) here in, in Nigeria and he also came with some Extra skates. He came with some aggressive skates. Oh, nice! On him, you know, and me and him, we toasting, and then a couple of other homies that we've been rolling with together, you know, we were just like making every rollerblader in the stadium so jealous. They were like, ah,
0: with the new God, skates.
2: <laughs> no, 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 not just the new skates. Not, not just the new skates. Like the fact that like a professional, like someone who's good at this grinding Uh, things on skates and who's really good at skating is in Nigeria. And me who haven't really, i am not really been part of them for like so long. And like, I'm now celebrated as like, you know, someone who is like, you know, pushing skating and all that type of stuff. So most of the freestyle skating coaches were, like, really pissed and had a problem with that because they wanted me to do what they were doing. And I was, like, I I really just wanted to focus on aggressive role-blading. And, you know, I'm having someone like Tosin who was also a part of the club. And they just just were, like, okay, we couldn't own you or have you. We couldn't control you. So it kind of, like, became a rival, uh, like, a rival... Type of thing, you know, they were seeing me as a a competitor, you know. So here I am with Caleb Tosin. It was just like me, Caleb Tosin, and this kid called Brave, uh, um, Brave Samuel Nganga. I'm sure you must have Brave? seen him. Uh,
0: Brave, yeah, yeah, Brave is sick, <laughs> he is really sick,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, Brave how it happened was like, I used to go with Tosin and Brave used to be a part of one of those freestyle rollerblading clubs. And he was super talented. Like he started rollerblading at, um, when he was like five, six, there about. So he has, he has come up with all those legends that have been jumping over a ring of fire and cars and things like that. So he was like already, you know, motivated for those guys. And, I meet Brave and he's seeing me do a different type of skating and he's also curious and he's like, he really wants to also try aggressive rollerblading too and then that's how me and him we become friends and um, yeah Caleb comes, me, Brave, Tosin, we're we're skating together and Caleb is like, he wants to make a video to showcase my skating in Nigeria to um, a larger rollerblading audience and I was like, that's really an amazing thing to do. So we decided to film a a video part slash documentary, and we went to different parts of Lagos. It was really... I feel like Caleb would be in a better position to tell you how his experience in Nigeria is. I can't speak for him, but I I do know that it was really challenging for him because one, um, the no power supply, the, they're not being light and staying in a hot environment and you know, experiencing the whole tight energy and like everything is like rahs, rahs, here in, here in Nigeria, we call it basbos, like the whole craziness going on. It's like, it was really, it was something he had never experienced before. So he was like freaking out at setting points, but he still kept his cool because he was like, yo, dad, I trust you, man. I trust you. I hope. If if that's
0: his first international trip, that's a crazy international trip to be your first one, like to go straight into Lagos. I mean, I've never been there, but from what I've seen in the videos, it does look crazy from what you're telling us. It is crazy. So it'd be like your first international trip to go right into that is, that's gotta be crazy. (laughs) I would love to talk to him about that too. That's gotta be a crazy story on his side. Yeah, so yeah,
2: that was, that was how it was, and then we filmed uh, the video part slash documentary. He was in my home. He met my parents. My dad asked him a lot of questions about rollerblading and like what the industry is, and he's like, he's like, your son is really talented. He's really. Good at this. My dad just like, yeah, we know, but like, what, what's 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 in it for him?
1: <laughs> yeah, can we get anything going? Can we get a career going? <laughs> some, some money, some money. Uh, so, uh, how can we make this work? What's, that, what, what's this all
2: about? Like, what's <laughs> happening? Like,
1: <laughs> oh, you know,
2: it was it was so it was such an amazing experience. But I mean, he, he's a realist, so he has to ask those questions. Of course, the you know? like,
1: parent, you know, yeah yeah, yeah.
2: yeah, yeah, he's like, someday you're going to get old like me. you're know, you get getting anything, doing what you love, it doesn't make any sense, you know? I kind of was like, yeah, I'm sure Dan, Dan, you know, he's going to go far in this thing, blah, 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 He was just being a nice guy. I told my dad really positive things about me. I was like, okay, you okay. Mm-hmm. You know, so, uh, yeah, we filmed the project and it was called This. It's on youtube if you haven't seen it that was um like my first big like video part size documentary and you know it was really nice and he really, a lot of people did see it and they felt really passionate because he had my dad and my mom say really powerful words about me and about the challenges they face like seeing me skating so it was like a real heart-to-heart documentary video slash skating so it's it's still in my heart like i really i mean i watch it sometimes and i really cry you know because that was like you know me actually just pouring my heart out so yeah um it's Caleb leaves, this? yeah this T H I S.
1: okay cool uh, check that out yeah
2: yeah so um yeah Caleb leaves and oh no no before Caleb leaves, like some few days before Caleb leaves, Ricardo Lino hits Caleb on uh, social media and is like, uh, a friend of his, Frank Jobert from South Africa, is in Nigeria. Frank is a, he's a role from South Africa and he's also a filmmaker, like cinematographer and he was in Nigeria shooting an ad for um, for a network company. So we kind of, you know, hooked Frank up with me and Caleb. And I that I met Frank also, which was really a, a very beautiful experience, you know, because he too, he has also been pushing the South African role scene and things like that. So it was nice to talk to someone from another part of Africa and sharing his experience, you know. So also... Dom West messages Caleb and tells you know it's like you know tells him he has seen what what he's doing out there and it's so beautiful and I was asking Caleb if it's safe what it's, what are the challenges he's facing out there like how is he staying with Dan you know just questions to confirm and to know what it's like you know and Caleb tells him and Dom and Caleb communicate and then Caleb is like yo Dan Dom says. He would like to come to Nigeria to like film your project like that's so sick I was like oh what like really mm-hmm. like another person who wants to come again like yo that's mm-hmm. like totally
1: that's
2: like totally cool you know like yeah I told my parents I told my parents like you oh, we, we have to make the rooms bigger or like you know <laughs> <laughs> like lots of people are, are coming like we need to have a big place for people to come now you know make <laughs> big deals and things <laughs> like that So, you know, it happened. Um, I chatted with Dom and he told me about like his plans to want to come and have a proper documentation of the Lagos scene and like showcase what it's like. And he was telling me he'd like to come with Leon Humphreys. Leon was the person Dom had in mind to come with, you know, and I don't know what, what I said though, but I was saying something about, it's better to come with a black person, like someone who's like black, you know? So that we will not have two foreign guys moving with me. And then some people will see it as a way to maybe mug us or like come up with us with a gun, thinking you guys have money. Right. So like someone who kind of like has a representation of an African and looks like an African that would blend in and it would make more sense to have like two Africans and one white guy so that we can protect the white guy pretty much. <laughs> you know that? Yeah. Because it was just me and killer so it was one black guy and one white guy. So it's like yeah. balanced, you know. So mm-hmm. um, I think Leon Alfred was like he wasn't going to have the time to make it and then there were also talks of getting um, E3 in it and then Dom reached out to B-Free and Beefree was like, "Yes, yes, yes!" Like, like "You're mm. so juicy, you're so pumped." Yeah, like, yes, yes. Like,
1: yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> And with B-Free, it was just like smooth. Like, you know, everything was so smooth. He was like, you know, ready, get everything done. He, he, I really feel Beefree is like the true example of a ninja. Like, he doesn't, mm. he doesn't carry so much. He's very slick and very compact and just does his thing. He's like, he's like my idol. He's so cool. So, mm. um, so yeah, he was ready, Dom was ready, and boom, they were in Nigeria. And here we are, Streets of Lagos.
0: And that was one of the That's best so skate cool. videos I think ever done was Streets of Lagos by Don West. Everything he makes is incredible, but like him going to Nigeria is right up his alley for a style of filmmaking. And to be able to blend skating in with that worked perfectly. And I've watched that numerous times, too. It's like not that not that often where I watch skate videos these days, like multiple times. So that was definitely one of those videos that I saw more than once.
2: Yeah, it was it was it wasn't easy for Doug too. So. Um, we're in the streets of Lagos, um, segment now, so yeah,
0: <laughs> let's do it.
2: All right. So ask the questions you want to ask concerning the streets of Lagos. <laughs> uh, Dom.
1: Yeah. Um, what was it like, uh, to have, you know, be free out there and, and Dom, like, you know, you got a white guy out there from Australia, you got, you got be like you said, it might've helped with the balance, but, but how was it, you know, cause. Beefree's still from America, so it might be culturally uh, different for yeah. him as well. So uh, I'm wondering what that experience was like for them and you.
2: Oh, for um free he just felt like he was like, uh, how would I put it now? Like he was in some um, Western movie, something like that. You know, it was like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I felt like he wasn't so, Western movie, maybe he was going to see like horses or like people like with spears and swords and things like that, you know, he was like ready to like get down and like stuff. And it was so beautiful, you know, for him, the only challenge um, beef he had was the fact that like uh, the roads were really terrible and he set up, he had a anti-rocket set up. So we were, and we, were, and we were traveling far distances or skate, so he was like, oh, you know, <laughs> like, yo, <laughs> like, he was, he was, I mean, he was like keeping up and everything, but he was like, you guys are really tough. Like, so rocket setups, like, moving around, you know, like and you we were, we were moving, yep, and <laughs> while moving, while while moving, they're like buses, dilapidated buses, like, blowing smoke on your face and like, Market people on the road, like it's all hazy, the way stuff is happening, lots of action, like everything's just like so yeah. fast paced and things like that, you know? And you, that was it. Like it was such a crazy experience for him. Same thing for Dom, you know. You know the way it was for Dom, because he's the one with the with the visual aesthetic of what he wants to portray concerning the film, you know. Mm-hmm we are just the, you know, we're the ones telling the story. But Dom is the one with the eye. she's the one who, you know, knows what he wants to showcase. So, it wasn't, it wasn't so easy for him because, um, I remember this one time when we were filming, because um, we have, we have, how Lagos is, is that we have the island and the mainland. So, the island is like, The place for the bourgeois and like the rich people kind of Mm thing and the mainland is the place for working class middle class people so we stay on the mainland you know where the power supply is shitty and the roads are bad and like everything is terrible so we always go from the mainland to the island to escape so there was this one time we were on the island filming and you know, you know, police is like there, and then there's this police guy who is like, if he catches Dom, he's gonna like take his camera and like mess him up. And like we're like so like fast that like before they could even think about like stopping to catch us or whatever, we've like gone and disappeared. You know, Ninjas. I was the one who I, yeah, I was the one who heard who heard the police guys because you know, in Lagos. When you're staying, when you go to the island to film um, a project or a movie or anything with a camera, there are just guys that work for the local. They're like hoodlums, like touts. They're like really aggressive, and they're like in communities and things like that. They're like so rugged and so rough. They can like break a bottle and like stab you on the street, and nothing is going to happen. So they're called um, area boys or agberos in Lagos. So whenever you're filming on Lagos Island, you need to go with, like, a police escort or an army escort so that those guys won't come around because they can't just come on your set and, like, break all your lights, break all your camera equipment, stab someone, kill someone, do something if you don't give them money or something like that, you know? And I think the fact that, like, we were on skates and and most of us were were black people and it was just dumb, Um, people were a little bit skeptical on approaching us where they were like, oh, like if we go, we don't know if they have a gun or things like that. So Dom was also a little bit worried because he's like the only white guy moving in like black space and he's worried what can happen. Like his life is on the line, you know, and he has to like, you know, also trust me on the places we go to and the things we do and Mm -hmm. they're saying you don't bring out your camera at this point, You wait at this point we had to run and dodge at this point. Wow. So many crazy things, you know. It was yeah. such a it was it was such a rough, rough, like very rough and tough experience that like I think you need to have a really strong mind to like run that type of project. Like most people just think, oh, it's like just come and put your camera. It's like Dom had to put his life on the line to like film Streets of Lagos, Beefy had to put his life on the line, killem had to put his life on the line that's how it is when you're in Nigeria it's like you're not sure of tomorrow like you might just like die today you know because it's crazy any anything can happen so for them to like have that strength and faith and believe in the project that we wanted to do was just something not so many people have and I think that's what carried us through the whole project and I think that's why when people watch it they can really feel the spirit behind it, you know, like, wow, there was so much is put into it.
1: Wow. That is, um, crazy. That is some perspective. Um, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, a perspective that I think a lot of people from the States and some, some Western most of European countries and around the world, uh, wouldn't be able to understand or relate to on the filming basis on a day to day, uh, with skating were there any close run-ins were there any like close calls with anything yeah there, yeah yeah it there was this one time
2: um we couldn't get a transportation back to the mainland and me kelev be free brave who else again uh to i guess okay jay Moresh, jay Moresh, jay, jay to eventually say hiking out with us and we flew a bike like a motorcycle one way on the highway back to the mainland, it was so insane. Like cars are coming fast-paced this way and the motorbike is like going that way because we couldn't get a bus back. And riding motorbikes, um, um, local motorbikes was illegal. So they had to like go one way. So the police would be able to like stop them or catch them and they were driving really fast. Like, after uh, we we stopped, the motorbike stopped us at at the mainland, like, Dom was like, yo, guys, are we alive?
0: Did we make it? Like, are we good? (laughs) Wait, motorbikes are illegal?
2: Yeah, like, it depends on the motorbikes. Like, commercial motorbikes, commercial. Like, the ones whereby you carry someone on your motorbike and take him to a certain place and pay him a fee. It was banned by the Lagos State government as of that time so anyone who's riding a motorbike if you get caught uh riding a motorcycle like commercial and you get caught they will arrest you because it was banned as of that time so we couldn't find a bus back home normally you take a bus we couldn't find a bus back home and it was late and we found these two motorbike guys you know and we're like we just take the risk and they just went one way with the cars like cars are coming and they're like you know, just going all true. It was just so insane. Like, oh, uh, yeah.
0: yeah. I wow. wish that was in the video. That sounds crazy.
2: Oh, I, I'm sure. I'm sure. Like, if Dom was filming that, like, he would be scared to film that. <laughs> <every day. laughs> he would just be like, let me just get safe in one piece, please. Like, you know, it's like next level. Stuff.
0: Holy crap. S- skating in Lego sounds like. It's like another world pretty much and you've kind of t- talked about a lot of the struggles already it sounds like just in general filming streets of lagos what other part of the struggles are there there's like bad streets you say it's like hard to get around sometimes like how are s- finding street spots skating different street uh, street spots like how is all that like what's the struggles in in that part of skating
2: well like when it comes to sh- street skating it's also very very challenging because um most of the places that have the best spots are like schools and, you know, offices and companies and hospitals and things like that. And due to how aggressive most of the freestyle rollerbladers in Nigeria are, and most of them do publicity skating and they're like really rough and like, you know, but they can be really aggressive. It kind of like has created a setting image of rollerbladers in Nigeria. So like people... People who don't like us, they don't like rollerbladers because of the people who have been doing it since the inception. Those guys I told you about that, like, jump through the ring of fire and, like, do those (laughs) crazy things and skitch wildly. They've, like, we've had quite a number of, like, um, some of those kids from the ghetto, like, steal from people on skates and, like, probably, like, beat people up on skates and do some really nasty stuff that some people just kind of like have a bad impression about rollerblades because they'll be like, "Oh, I was going out one day, and one rollerblader met me. I was asking me to give him my phone, or give him my wallet, or give him my money, or something like that." So when they see you on rollerblades, they automatically just believe that, "Oh, you're going to rob them, or you're going to do something crazy to them, or steal whatever," you know, because of the because of the way those rollerbladers from the ghetto have been doing over time. So it's they really put a bad image on real dating out here. So whenever you go to some place, even if you speak nicely or, or talk nicely, they just label you, ah, bad, bad, you know? We don't want, I don't like bring out, bring out a gun and like point at you and tell you like, don't shoot you. Wow. And things like that. You know, sometimes they can like grab you and like put you on handcuffs and label you a criminal. Like That's the end. Like So wow. for me, basically i just i'm always very careful choosing where i go to skate and i i'm always like you know like i don't know how to put it like be very very quick just do it and run basically especially in some really high security areas where you know there's some stuff happening so it's more like Every day I go out to skate, I'm like, yo, I could get shot or I could get arrested or something can happen. So, so be it. Whatever. Just do it.
1: <laughs> wow. That's uh, that's something that I think, uh, yeah, like, again, a lot of people from the States don't even consider when going out skating. And that's that's such a – it's just intense that that's just such a, a part of it and uh, so far and crazy. But um, – I wanted to ask you about uh the community of skaters around so from when you started it it seems like you've influenced some people to do more aggressive and it seems like you're also connecting with skaters in other african countries and starting to like uh there was like i think a friend from ghana uh, that you were interacting with and have you been able to like successfully like get people to be a part of skating, like skating, like what's it like since you've started to where it is now?
2: Uh, I, don't, I wouldn't want to brag though. Uh, I don't like bragging, but yeah, whoever I have blessed with rollerblading, yes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah whatever. So yeah, there are quite a number of people that like, I have crossed paths with and, you know, not just rollerblading, but like, change their perspective about life too, you know, for them, they had like the wrong motive or the wrong ideology of what it should be, you know, things like that. So, yeah, the homies in Ghana, guys like Darling Sam, Asari, you know, the, uh, the wealth guys, uh, we love to skate Ghana. they their guys have met and they've been like, really passionate about role and they're still keeping the scene alive there in Ghana, you know, and it's so beautiful to see them, you know, keep doing that and, you know, keep progressing. Um, Here in Nigeria, currently, I'll just be, I'll just tell you the truth. Like, I'm just by myself right now, skating because um, most of the homies, like Brave, like Jay Moresh and all those other guys, like Tursin, like, they don't really... They're not as passionate as they used to be before, you know. They're not as passionate as they used to be before. Like, you know how tough it is out here to like even get food to eat or to even like survive, and then you're doing something that you're not getting instant result from it. I mean, if you're not strong it, you quit. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, so I don't, I don't blame them. I just feel like it's circumstance, you know, the situation they're in, you know, they're like, yo, I can't do this anymore. So, some of them I've given free skates, free gears, they like sell it to have food to eat or to like be able to move around. And yeah, I've just told myself that like, I wouldn't let that let me down, you know? So I just like skate, by myself now, doing all DIY filming, explore sports in different parts of Nigeria and um yeah, just survive so, yeah, That's it.
1: It doesn't seem to have uh, stopped your motivation. Mm-hmm. Uh from when I first saw you to where you were out in Rex Skates on Instagram to where you are now is there's been so much progression. Like I still like see like you do some tricks and I'm like, wow. Like when like you were <laughs> first, like learning some, like I'll eat fish brain for the, like the first time I saw you do that or like m- messing with these, like some some are new school style, like even like the trendy style tricks that are kind of happening today with like the little nuances and stuff like that. So it's, it's cool to see that uh, you're so motivated and like still pushing so hard. And it's really like cool to watch from this side. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah. What, what what do you, where do you see like uh, the, the the future of, do you think, do you have like a perception of where skating is like on like the, on the global scale? Like where do you see skating, rollerblading uh, going, moving forward or, because it seems to be a bit of momentum behind it.
2: Well, I think currently rollerblading as it is right now, there's so much disparity in the industry. I'm not going to lie. It's like. It's like this guy's here and they're like this guy's here and they're like this guy's here and they're like this guy's like everyone's like different people, different energy, you know. So, um, yeah, like look at us in Africa, like we are Africans or like in Africa, you know, there hasn't really been anything like I wish I had like someone I could be like, yo, this is one African that has like really gone far and has a wider perspective of what Rural Lady is and has met with people, has socialized, has has been involved in a lot of projects and things like that I can look up to and you see and like learn from and see him as a guide. Kind of like what Suichiro Kanashima is doing in Japan, whereby, you know, he has brought up guys like Yu Tokoto, Fujiwara and all those people and like, you know, really yep. guided them, you know, like I wish we had someone like that in, in Africa, you know, someone who isn't just looking at the money, but is really putting his life on the line to like make things happen. And some people look up to that person and believe in that person. I want to follow suit, you know? So most times when we ask for support to international people, it kind of feels like we're a burden, to be sincere, because they're like, oh, really, like far away and sending stuff to you is like really expensive. You know, flying you over to America or Europe is also very expensive. But then just, just I don't know how to put it, but I just feel like just, it's like we're all watching each other's cops. That's how I see it. I feel like if we keep watching each other's cops, I mean, each other's plants, like, everyone just keeps watching their plant for us to grow. Roadblading will be better. Like, there won't be no disparity. I think that's what's needed. It's all about supporting each other rather than who chose the biggest hammers or who grinds the biggest hammers. Like, I feel skating should be enjoyed by everyone, and there shouldn't be no disparity or no beef. Like if you want to push skating to whatever level you want to find, so be it. But don't try to make someone else do the same thing before you classify the person to actually be a rollerblader. We can all enjoy this beautiful sport called rollerblading without no sentiments, without no um, dude, why not bend your knees so much on that back farm or why not do like this and that? I mean that's his style. I mean look at guys like Scott Blackmore from you know, England, who created his own style, guys like Harry Abel, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, all those guys who do weird things on skates, you know, even Eugen Egin has, like, evolved to doing something spectacular, with his Mm -hmm. tricks and things like that. He's not trying to be like anyone else. He's just enjoying his skating. So I feel if we can all just respect that and, like, support as much as we can, role will be better. And as for Africa... And Nigeria, I just feel like what we need is awareness and investments, basically. You know, um, if there's some way of, like, investing and creating some type of awareness and buzz and have the right infrastructure and good management, not having someone who's biased. Just the sport will try, you know, so that's just it. I
0: love yeah. that. I completely yeah. agree. I love that. <laughs> Yeah, that that was perfect. Your head's definitely in the right spot. And skating, I mean, rollerblading seems like it's been there for a while in Nigeria and Africa. Um, But aggressive skating seems relatively new. So there's still so much room to grow there. If you look at aggressive skating in the States, how it kind of like grew and changed and fluctuated so much over the years, like Nigeria, aggressive skating in Nigeria and Africa still has so much room to grow. And it's still so new that people will recognize it. And you know with all this and community that we have right here now we have it to start it and back it up with so i feel like it's prepared to blow up more in in nigeria and africa and i hope that definitely does happen uh you open up yeah like- we need we need more
2: people we need we need more people like Caleb smith dumb west more people to come out here and like you know have their own experience and their own story let it shape them let it let them have some experience that like Come out here, stay for a while. Know what it's like to stay without power. Know what it's like to stay without all of your privileges. Know what it's like to stay and worry about not waking up tomorrow and then go back to your country and then have a a thought about your life and know how privileged you are. Then you actually understand what it's like to actually be doing a sport like role-building in a country that gives you no room or space to even express yourself, you know, so... Yeah, we just need more people to actually see things from our perspective and hopefully, you know, get to appreciate us for who we are. No hard feelings. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, a lot of people have, I mean, not a lot of people, but a few people have visited you guys in in Lagos and hopefully more people do show up in the future. Are you able to travel more? Like, if you wanted to go to Winter Clash, are you able to do that? Are you able to see more of the world in skating?
2: Well due to the pandemic no and um lack of funding i'm not able to travel but if the opportunity comes why not why not why not go i'm down i really want to like meet up with the with the london homies you know and uh also meet up with the with the is in, in New York, too. Like, Austin Paz, the New York scene is super cool. Like, it's so cool.
0: You gotta come so, out.
2: New York City. <laughs> yeah, you know, and like, you guys have like really cool creative people out there, like Christian Delfino, the photographer, you know, and lots of really cool people like JP, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, you know, it's just so amazing seeing how guys like you and um, you, Billy, have like really grown over the years and like, touch various people in positive ways, you know, with with um, sharing and giving. So I think that's what it's supposed to be, like networking. I feel like building makes all of us brothers and family. So with our own little family, we can all just come together and just support one another and, you know, mm-hmm. keep going.
1: Uh, ho- hopefully the, the, the pandemic stuff starts to to die down eventually. I think it's looking like that yeah. might start happening, which is good news. And uh, man, I would love to see you out in New York. That you would got, be, so be great! Sick. Like the, ener- <laughs> the energy of like you at like you know a big New York event, like you know Bashi Pope skate off would be super cool or, or something like that. Man, uh, yeah, that's cool. That's got it. We got to figure out a way to make that happen. So. We'll we'll figure that out. That's cool. I'm Austin. (laughs) Go ahead. I know you had a few few questions. I I was going
0: to say, uh, that'd be funny. I could picture Dan would be one of the rare people who come to New York to skate and like, oh, this is easy. (laughs) Like nobody nobody else says that who comes to New York (laughs) to skate. Like everyone kind of struggles. They're not used to skating around from spot to spot. The streets are a little rough. They're rugged. But that sounds like a cakewalk for you if you came to New York. This is easy. You would just kill everything. (laughs) Makes sense. (laughs) I would definitely love to see that. Um, but so you mentioned before that you're pretty much most of the scene in Lagos. Like a lot of people kind of like started falling off or go in and out of phases. Um, so what keeps you motivated to stay skating then? Like, how come you haven't fallen off like some of these other people? How come you're always like the only one still in it?
2: Well, it's because, um, I'm trying not to give it to... Try not to give in to, what would I call it now? It's like, everyone is giving in to chasing the inevitable. Like, you know, just chasing shadows. <laughs> you know, that's that's how that's how I see it. Like, you're chasing shadows, man. Like, you're like, yo, I, you know, it's roll blade right? Just like, do this, and do that. And then it's like, there's still you no know, assurance, you know? For me, role just keeps me on my toes every time. Because every time I go out skating, I'm humbled, you know, because I still follow my butt. I still find it really difficult to learn tricks. And I'm out there trying to push my limits. So I just I just appreciate life better that way. Every Every day it's a new experience, um, new possibilities, unlocking, you know, New dimensions and things like that. It's just so beautiful, and I think that's just what's been keeping me moving—the constant elevation of my soul, of my spirit to so just become a better person. That's basically how role playing interjects with my life. It's like you know, it's it helps my soul become and for me to grow, you know, and you know just just see things better from a more brighter perspective outside the negative energy, the war, the, uh, the fights, the chaos, the madness. So yeah, that's it. Wow.
0: Very few negatives come from skating. So that's a good enough reason on its own to be still in it. Um, we, should we open up for questions soon, Billy? I think we should open it up for questions soon, unless you had anything else. Um, well, a lot of the things that a few other things I wanted to mention, uh, people asking like the Patreon and stuff like that. So I figured we could move on to those if you wanted to do that. Yeah. Want to keep it going? Cool. You want to do Some Patreon questions? Yeah, we'll do the Patreon questions first. Um, for anybody who's watching live right now, uh, if you want to ask a question for Dan, we're going to move on to questions in a little bit for the live chat. Uh, half our super chats go to Dan. Um, help out, support him and the the Lagos crew. And we will get to those Patreon uh, the super chat questions first. So we're doing the Patreon questions right now. Um, first one is from Dan bond who asks, uh, well, he says, I'm really interested to know how they source parts. I imagine importing is expensive and possibly unreliable. Are there suppliers or distributors in Nigeria?
2: Well, we only have one guy but he's not really a distributor. He's more like um, where they get like, they bring like roughly spare parts and things like that. He just goes there and like grabs what he can and then puts it in his shop. So you don't really get a chance to get like the latest model of a skate or brand. So you might just be getting like Ruses from 1999 or Salomon from the 90s or something like that. So if not that, then I just try one good homies sending me their wheels or their bearings. And yeah, that's just how it's been going.
0: And what is, uh? I mean, I'm sure like import fees and taxes are probably the main reason, but is that like the, the main reason why it's hard to get skates in Nigeria?
2: One of the biggest reasons why we can't get the skates is not just the import, because people shipping things are even more complex and complicated and blades, people still ship them into Nigeria and still sell them. So I don't really think it's the cost of beauty. I think it's just the need for it. Like if there's a market for it, like people are in need of these things and people want these things, trust me, like a lot of people go into skate distribution. You just see it everywhere. Like real shops pretty much. Mm. Like if we're having annual skating events and like we're having big sponsorships from big brands and teams like that is becoming a thing. Almost everybody wants to go into skate business because then they'll be like, Oh, it's creative. People are doing it. It's that important. So yeah, it's just awareness.
0: Mm. Yeah. Awareness. Uh, definitely. It seems like a big thing uh, to get us started. Is there just out of curiosity, um, do you guys have like any kind of contests or events out there that maybe you could gather, Uh, aggressive skaters somewhere where people could like see you guys skating and stuff like that, like at the stadium or whatever?
2: Yeah, I I, I did one type of contest one time. I mean, I I think I've done like two contests pretty much. The first one I did when I I came back from Johannesburg from our convention, it's called Christian Skaters Africa, and they gathered like different extreme sports like skateboarding and rollerbladers from different parts of Africa and brought all of us in one place and they were preaching the word of God about Jesus and telling us how we should be disciples and go somewhere and preach the word of God and at the same time use extreme sports as a way to also get people out of negative stuff and as they are skating and doing what they are doing they're also knowing about God and knowing about the right way and do good things like that so when i came back from dransburg i did like a contest after that convention which was really nice and um, after that recently i did one for the girls that were in the shinobi Blade clan we had like a few girls who were like rolling with us in which most of them due to the pressure and how the society is like they're not so active skating anymore but i did like a little contest with them gave them some t-shirts and buttons that i made and yeah i think those are the only two contests that i've done but i'm hoping i'm hoping in future i could do another but considering the fact that like i don't really have that much guys that are really active in the scene anymore it's it's Really hard though, but I guess if you put like a big prize money, like people just show up from nowhere and be like, Yeah, what where are we doing? What are we doing
0: <laughs> exactly? <laughs> what,
2: what do you want me to jump? Should I jump over a ship? What I mean, how much is it? Like, yeah, a plane? what anything? I'll do it, bro. So. <laughs>
0: that usually helps. <laughs> the ring of fire is gonna look like nothing after all that uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> but that but contests and events like that are good ways together to keep people's spirits like alive in the sport um keep people motivated bring in sponsors like companies who might want to sponsor the event and stuff like that so there's like a lot of pieces that happen even if it's you know 10 15 people that come out like it's still helping the sport grow the scene grow uh we've had vent- events like that over the years as well where not that many people showed up but it's a reason an excuse for everyone to get together and I feel like that's helpful enough to keep everyone's spirits moving, you know?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I told the guys in Ghana, the We Love to Skate Ghana homies, about that. And they recently did a skate contest in Ghana, which was so fantastic. I couldn't go because they wanted me to show up, you know. Shout out to Montana and uh, We Love to Skate Ga- Ghana homies. Like, they did a small contest in their own small community and long jump, high jump, really cool stuff and people turned off, kids. It was so beautiful to watch. So yeah, I, I really love like collaborating with my fellow African brothers and you know, keep pushing things forward and seeing how we can get Africa, you know, to bigger places. I also I'm also aware that there are also some Africans from Africa that are living in Europe, like this is like France and america and the rest like diaby i think diaby is senegalese by birth and like he moved to france so he's not actually france france he's like he has like african roots so i don't really know if he's in contact with like his brothers in senegal or there's a scene there but like i mean for someone like that who's like a world champion it would just be nice for him to like go home and see what he can do in his community those type of things go a long way in helping the community. Basically. I mean, if if I had the opportunity he had, like if I came from the slums, I mean, like coming from the tough places here in Lagos and going out there and being exposed to those type of things, it would just be like the best thing to like come back home and invest. So there are a couple of Africans in diaspora who I feel, yeah, they should just take it upon themselves to like keep back to, you know, come back home and see what they can do guys like frank steve frank steve is Cameroonian. He also, he's also from france so yeah yeah those homies just yeah basically that's what we need you know our brothers out there supporting that's it
0: sick yeah i i definitely agree with all that too um we'll keep it moving with our patreon questions the next one is from his name is same boat, but his actual name is Mark. So Mark uh, says, I got a lot of questions. Well, he has, he has three questions here. He goes, um, I want to know what changed since Streets of Lagos. How is Victor's shop going? And what setup are you riding now? Oh, we lost I him. I think we lost him. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even have that screen open. Here we go. He's back. I think so. Uh, here we go. We had a good streak there going. <laughs> um but now that we have you back, let me re uh reread the question from Mark on Patreon, who asked uh he wanna know what changed since the streets of Lagos? How is Victor's shop going, and what setup are you writing now?
2: okay, for victor, I'm not gonna bad mouth anybody i just I love being myself, yeah, he's a nice guy, but he's a businessman so I was we were supposed to like work together and you know you know maybe support we like have a collab type of thing whereby we'll be under his small shop as like riders for his shop so he can give us like bearings wheels whatever we need to like drive and we promote his shop. The idea was chipped in you know I told him the idea beef we also told him to, but I guess he's he really doesn't understand so yeah that's where it is with Victor as for my setup I'm currently riding the Danny Bear 909 and Oasis frame so yeah
0: nice and so, yeah. also um, has anything changed since Streets of Lagos
2: well yeah the only thing that has changed is the fact that like um, My parents basically are really more supportive now than they were before. They're like, okay, we really respect what you're doing and we've seen how far you've come and we give you our blessings and we support you. My parents are really supportive and um, I'm like, I have have like more faith in myself doing what I'm doing, you know, and I have a more wider understanding of how the roll-blading industry is compared to before, you know, and um, yeah, the fact that like most of my homies aren't really actively skating because as a Streets of Lagos there were like lots of homies who were like down to do aggressive roll-blading, but now they're not doing aggressive roll-blading no more. They're now doing um, freestyle skating. Or you know publicity skating, and we don't kick it as much as we do. Um, I'm just like skating more by myself. I think that's just, like, just the only challenges at the moment. But yeah, that's it.
0: Yeah, it's good to hear that. Uh, it kind of changed your parents' perspective on skating too, and uh, and yourself too. More motivating. It, it motivated us too. I, I was motivated from that piece as well. And
1: yeah, you know, all around the side incredible.
0: of the world. So, that, yeah, Dom that definitely. Yeah, sure that. it
1: is.
2: It is. It is. I'm, trust me, like <laughs> I can't speak for anyone, but it, it, you know that rec- the audio for "Streets of Lagos" was recorded. I think it was recorded like uh, almost the last day. Dom was going to live Nigeria either the last or the second last day. Dom was going to leave Nigeria, and in Nigeria, because of we don't have power supply, we use generators. In Nigeria, we put like petrols and generators and started, and that's how you you know you source your own power yourself. So, so the, everyone's generator is on at night. It's like everywhere's like duh, 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 like so much loud noises, and to record the audio was a big problem. Don was like, it was like, "How are we going to do this now?" So we have a store in my house we keep like kitchen utensils and jerry cans and funny, funny things. And it's like a very small place like that, close to the kitchen. So I was like, okay, we'll do the recording. in I was so uncomfortable, but like that was where we stayed to do the recording.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it sounded legit. Like coming from a filmmaker perspective myself, it sounded really good. So you guys did a, a great job with that. And it's crazy to hear that yeah. you're, Everyone uses a generator for power, like a petrol-powered generator. So, oh, I can picture that all day and night. here. Da, 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 da. yo, That's it's crazy. really, it's,
2: it's, it's a big problem, and it also kills a lot of people here too. That's also one of the biggest challenges here in Nigeria. Uh, carbon monoxide poisoning, like, and the building, oh, wow. the way buildings, the way buildings are structured here in Nigeria is like really terrible. It's like you build someone builds this house like this, and there's another house like this, and the generator is like facing this house. So it's like the smoke is just like popping into someone's room. And like while sleeping at night, like your whole family could just like die due to the carbon monoxide. From wow. So, Whoa. so it's that Whoa. bad. It's that
0: bad. That is gnarly. I wouldn't have expected that at all. Sheesh. Um, we have one more Patreon question. We're going to move on to the super chats for the live chat. But Rito Burig uh, as how do people react to rollerblading in Nigeria? So I'm guessing just like the locals, <laughs> I was, I, I was kind of curious about that too, because like when you skate Yo. down the street, do people, do people, are people like rooting you on? Like, yeah, that's awesome. That's sick. But you also said that people think that rollerblades have like a bad image. So like,
2: yeah, so people, so people, are, like, Yay. So people are like, yeah, get, get, up, get up, get up, get up, get up from there.
0: <laughs> so you have both sides of it. Then it's both, it's mixed.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, I think it's the
0: same thing all over the world.
2: Wait, what are you? What are you doing there? What are you doing there? Get over there! It's like so <laughs> hilarious.
0: So that's pretty <laughs> common, then I guess.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. It is. It is. It's it is. Universal. You just, yeah, you just have to like, you know, maybe be nice with them. And like, ah, you know, like, ah, yeah. like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, it's cool. It's cool.
1: Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Some like it, some don't. Yeah.
2: Yeah, true. Yes.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, well let's we're gonna move on to the live super chats right now. the uh, first one from them skates with a very generous super chat. John Julio said, Much love, Dan. No question, just showing some love over there. Um, FTS. Thank you, John. FTS. Uh, just said fam. I guess <laughs> showing some more love.
2: Pat. Pat is a real, real, real friend of mine. I love Pat so much. Shout out, Pat. Love Pat, you, brother.
0: Pat is the man. Shout out, Pat yeah. Uh, yeah. Renee Dillon says, high five from California, Blader. Thank Sorry. you very much. Again, just showing some love as well as Surf Blader, Michael Keeney, who uh, just wanted to say amazing. I guess he's loving the show. A lot of people in the chat loving the show right now uh cody lampman super chat thank you so much says thank you for the endless inspiration cody
2: cody cody is cody is is the real monk man he's the real monk, (laughs) the real zen he like he like he like ghosts he like ghosts and come back and he's like ashes he like ghosts and come back is like phantom cody what's (laughs) gonna be next man i gotta be like what's what's next
0: Cody's the silent so killer. Cool. He just comes out like once a year, once yeah. every other year they like a random yo, fire like, edit. No, he's 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 really
2: cool. He's really cool.
0: Uh, super chat from Tree Tree Rudolph who says, God, I appreciate Dan's passion and resourcefulness. So
2: Yo, he's awesome, man. He's he's like the most flexible guy in, in the industry. <laughs> try, yep. try, rulo.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. He's awesome. Yes. <laughs> he's Gumby. He's the real life gumby. <laughs> uh gv games says uh just a little something keep skating man just a little motivation right there thank you drunk beats super chat says killing it dan um this might be our first actual super chat question uh chalkness says top three skaters
2: my top three skaters Uh, oh okay okay yeah you're a top three skater your favorite three skaters Yo, it's, it's, that's the hardest question ever, man. It's so hard. I, I yeah. really it's, it's hard. It's like, yo, you, why are you putting me in a tight spot, brother? Why? Why? <laughs> <laughs> I have, I have, how would I put it now? I have so many ins- inspirations, so many, so many, so many inspirations. So I think I would start with the, with the people that actually, you know, helped me on the pot. So, One's got to be Philip Moore, for sure. Um, two's got to be B3 and the third one. Now this is going to be really hard now to pick a third one. Uh, okay, the third one is everyone who supports me. Yeah, I'll just keep it that way. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Very cool. So, yeah.
0: That's a great yeah, answer, yeah. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we have another super chat question from ESG visuals who says, what ESG. up What up, Dan? <laughs> Loving the podcast and stories. Has there been any proper photo documentation out in Lagos?
2: No, we need that. No, 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 no. We need, we need proper documentation because if that doc, proper photo doc, series is done and you send it to like a lot of this, um, um, embassies, you could, like, they could, like, be down to even want to support that, you know, like, it's never been done, and with those type of things, like, I didn't think that's how most creative in Nigeria is, like, Nigeria survived, like, they try to get some of all this international embassies, uh, and, like, do some of all this creative stuff, and see, you know, how the the embassies can, like, support them, and, and, like, take, for example, I'm hoping to do festival soon because we are currently out well it's pretty unfinished though well I'm hoping to finish it I was working on a video part uh, titled Diamond in the Rough uh, which is a photo of, of the last one I did I put it on YouTube called ISO Celeste so we've been filming for a while and I was like okay um, if the video part is ready I'm going to also try and um, do like a festival which is going to showcase the new film Uh, do some merchandise maybe do a zine and uh, do a panel discussion and grant a proposal to like an embassy see if they'll give me a grant and also see if i can do a residency in one of those countries like either france london or even in america so that's like basically one of the projects i'm you know hoping to see come to life so yeah there's never been so esg if we can make it out here and make it happen it's gonna be fantastic
0: yeah uh-oh i smell a trip eric uh-oh i smell that trip esg making sick. it out there that would be sick if he made one of those books like a a streets of lego style like book because he's made a, a one from uh, the pandemic in the bay area Ooh, that would be money what was with that one weren't you on the cover of a magazine or something like that dan
2: yeah, I was, I was,
0: I was. What was that about? I was
2: in the, oh, that was a, that was a, a lifestyle magazine from France, a lifestyle magazine. They were, they were going to different parts, different countries in the world and like documenting dynamic and beautiful things there. So they came out to Nigeria and they found me and, you know, did a small documentary for the, stuff and luckily they were like this is the most amazing thing we've seen in Nigeria and like they set "Up, they just wanted me to grace their cover so that was it.
0: Wow that's what an opportunity that was not even like a, a local magazine a friend French magazine that's pretty cool. Yeah it was
2: really it was really big it was really really big because like um, one of the I don't know if Hugh Lawrence is watching this but if he is Hugh Laurent is like an amazing dude. He, he told me he used to send photos to Daily Bread back in the day. And he has met John Julio and has met a couple of bidders. He's like a photographer. He's based in France. And he was one of the photographers that came with the crew to Lagos to do the documentation. So when he met me, and we started talking about goldblading. I was like, yo, this dude, the this dude knows what's. This dude knows what's up, and I think he was also one of the, the persons that probably maybe facilitated me appearing on the cover, you know. Because I guess he was inspired and moved with what he was seeing. So, yeah, shout out
1: to him.
0: Hell yeah. Uh, we have more super chats still coming in. Like we said before, we split our super chats with our guests. So if anyone has any more questions or anything, let us know. If you're watching live. Also, hit that like button and subscribe to the channel while you're at it. Ding. Um, We have another super chat from Chalkness who says, Nelson asks, how can we get more skate parks in Ghana?
2: Ah, well, I I feel he he should just like be really close friends with the soft Ghana homies. Yeah, dude. Like, um, irrespective of the fact that like the skateboarders are always the ones building and creating and erecting structures. Yeah, the skateboarders are mostly always doing that. It's nothing wrong in us all coming together and putting our heads down to do something creative. So I feel you should just like, yeah, roll with the Sub Ghana homies because they have um, created, and they have like the first skate park in West Africa now. They've made the first skate park in West Africa. So it's basically just community development, community development, coming together and community funding, that can happen. Um, Currently in Nigeria, the skateboard um, slash fashion company in Nigeria called Wolfers and Cream are currently working on a skate park development here in Lagos. Um, And if it happens, it's also going to be a big thing for us here in Nigeria because um, it's going to be like the first skate park that will be open for people to have proper access to anyways there's also a skate park in nigeria but that it's it's more of a private skate park you can't even go there because it's only meant for foreign expatriates that work for a construction company based in germany called julius beggar so there are experts there are workers who travel from germany to nigeria to come and work with their family they just created like a an estate for them so it won't be like they're missing home so they have like the skate park and games and things like that, but they don't let anyone from outside come in. So
0: Oh yeah. man. It's fucked up. It's been it's been there for over
2: thirty years.
0: Oh damn.
2: Teddy thirty whole years man and like it's locked to the outsiders. I I luckily got in recently, I luckily got in once and they reported me to the <laughs> security people. <laughs>
0: how long did that Two, session last? Three.
2: Oh, I, I I got like at least four or five hours. Oh, there. I got a lot. That's
0: a big session. That's pretty good. Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. The, the, the guy who let me in was uh, he's, he's an instructor, a skateboard instructor. You know, he's teaching some white kids how to skateboard. So he's the only one who's let in with a permit. So, um, and it's up north. I stay in Lagos in the west, but the skate park is up north in Abuja. Abuja is in the north, so I had to. Um, my girlfriend does a music festival here in, in the north in Abuja, and I just said as an opportunity to like go out for the music festival and support her, and at the same time also check out the skate park, the hidden skate park. So I hit the skateboard instructor up, and I tell him, and he's like. Oh, there's so much trouble with it, and so much this, and so much that. And I pleaded with him, and I asked him, and he decided to give it a shot. Luckily, it didn't disturb him. I got in, but with what with the tricks I was doing, I think they probably got intimidated or something. or felt like this guy's is a threat. Don't let him in.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: so yeah, so yeah, so yeah. That's that's just it. So yeah, um, yeah. To answer Nelson's questions, just Collaborate with the skateboard community, with the homies. Just be part of the community, and yeah, well, just all just put heads together and make things happen. I think that's how it's gonna work. No, hates, just
0: love, basically. Cool. Everyone's that's gotta help answer. each other to get a skate park going. Our last super chat for now, at least, from Bobby White, who asks, "What's next for the Shinobi Blade Clan?"
2: Oh, like I said, we're working on a a new video part called Diamond in the Rough, which is yet to be released. And most of the homies, the original Shinobi Bay clan homies, don't skate anymore. Like, Brave doesn't skate anymore. Jay Moresh doesn't skate anymore. Tosin also. So it's just me at the moment. I'm the only Shinobi Bay clan member who is still standing. Hopefully. Oh! Yeah, there's a guy called Jiga Emmanuel who um, he basically also started his aggressive rollerblading journey in Nigeria. Oh shit, I should have mentioned Jiga since. Okay, yeah. So there's a there's a guy in Nigeria called Jiga Emmanuel, and he started his aggressive rollerblading journey meeting some guy who was taught by some guy that I taught, and he's been practicing by himself, and he stays in a different area far from where I stay. And we meet up um, once in a while to do projects together. So I've been filming his part for the Diamond in the Rough project, but because he goes to university, um, we're not always together all the time, but I think, yeah, it's basically just me and him that are active members of the Shinobi Big currently. If we check the Sharia Big page, Jigamano was the one who wore the ski mask and did the Phillips 66 on the slab stuff there. So yeah. Yeah.
0: You're holding it down, Dan. You're holding it down over there. Yeah. <laughs> um.
1: Cool. Everyone, thank you for your super chats. And Dan, again, thank you for taking the time to talk with us and share everything. And it's been such a illuminating episode so far and just yeah really cool so um i'm going to take some of the questions from the live chat and our first question comes from none other than robert guerrero legend rob g and he says uh, what is the source of dan's positive outlook in life and perspective great question
2: (laughs) oh my god oh i would just say um i would just say It's just the quest it's the what's the word I'm gonna use now. It's just that crave for for joy and peace basically. I love I love where there is joy and where there's peace and where there is you know calmness. So I'm always looking for that peace in myself and in my spirit so if i'm not like skating like maybe if i'm doing something you know there's so much there's so many reasons to get really angry and really depressed here in nigeria so i just tell myself yeah i need to i need to get myself you know in the right track and the right place so i just go skating and yeah that is it drop g just go skating and absorb the positive energy that comes from
1: it. So
0: that's it. I love that. Dude, I I can feel like you and Rob G getting along like this. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah,
1: Yeah, you and Rob G would be best friends. um, Shout out, Rob G, and great answer. Shout out, Rob Um, G. Danny Twitch says, and I'm curious about this too,
0: do you play any musical instruments?
2: No, I don't. (laughs)
0: i saw you trying to play the guitar in like one of your videos
2: oh yeah 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 i mean it was it was it was on the on the one of the trips to ghana with brave like the first time i took brave um that was um you know brave i took him out of nigeria and we went on a skate trip to ghana we met this rasta guy who like just plays his music rasta music by himself on the roadside and like nobody wants to talk to him, so I just went to him and I was like, "Yo, Rasta man, how are you feeling today? How's everything <laughs> going?" And he was like, "Yeah, man, I'm feeling irate. What's good? <laughs> you know." <laughs> he was so he was so cool, and like we started laughing. And he was like, "Yo, you don't have to play the guitar." I was like, "No." He was like, "Yo, come, I show you. No problem. Don't pay me. No, I don't need money. Just come, let's vibe." And like, yeah, I was, I was trying, but, you know, I didn't, couldn't spend so much time with him because we had to do other things, but I think, yeah, it was an awesome experience.
0: <laughs> That's cool. Yeah.
1: Cool. Um, we got a couple more questions we'll take before we end this amazing episode. It's been so much fun to hear from you and yeah, it's been really cool. Um, Aaron Hollins. I think we touched on this a little bit in the episode, but I guess we could ask it again. What's next for Nigerian skating? Well, just evolving
2: basically, like taking, like having um, rollerblading workshops and having like a really positive platform for young people to come and actually express themselves without worrying about anything they just like, they're like, oh, the same way people get up every morning, you know, to achieve things, to get things done, is the same energy they'll bring coming to skate, And they just use that as a way to become positive individuals. So setting up that type of, like, um, organization or community, which basically is what should be a So hopefully in future, um, we'll have more people and the community will be more, you know, will be, having more people and then we'll be there to stay and grow and travel the world and meet more people and keep doing what we love to do. So, yeah, that's it.
1: Cool. Okay. Well, we'll take one more question uh, from the group and it's uh, Jack Quinlan favorite Jack! <laughs> artist currently.
2: <laughs> Jack, Jack, yo, Jack, shout out to Jack. You know what? He, He sent me a donation one time when I was really struggling financially. He's a realist dude. Like, I didn't even like. He was just like, "Your dad. Like, I love your skating." And I I find it really hard to like travel to sports to like go to sports to skate or even have food to eat or like water to buy and things like that. And like, I was just so down. And like, I was chatting with Jack, and he was like, "Your dad. Don't worry, man. I got you, bro." and they like send me a donation, so he's he's cool. Shout oh, out nice. Jack. Yeah, so favorite artist, music artist right now. Um, I would, I'm listening to so many music right now, but I think my favorite music artist right now is my girlfriend though, because she's, uh, she's an OG in the electronic techno scene here in Nigeria. She's been doing it for like so long and She's been exposing me to a whole lot of stuff. So yeah, G is my favorite artist right now.
0: <laughs> I feel the love in so, that yeah. answer. Very cool. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. Uh, we
0: so, had yeah. a we have a last minute super chatter from Santiago Ramos who says, Much love to all the African blading community. So Thank you. Big shout Thank out you. to Santiago. <laughs> Um, this has been awesome Dan thank you so much for coming on the show and doing all this everybody in the live chat thank you for watching Um, before we leave is there any last words that you want to say before we sign off here
2: well I think I've said it all but I think there's one thing I need to say again is um, never try to be like anyone else never try to tread walk in anyone else's shoes never try to seek or convert what doesn't belong to you because your star might be brighter than someone else's star, but you wouldn't know if you don't look deep into your heart. So yes, always stay true to yourself and believe in yourself. So yeah. Yeah.
1: Yes. <laughs> oh, man. Dude, I, I got to say, Dan, uh, it's been incredible. Thank you so much for giving all of that amazing energy for everyone and for all of us to absorb. And we just got to, keep reciprocating it. And yeah, it's it was, it was a really cool episode and great to have you on and look forward to seeing everything in the future. And we got to get this guy out to the States or to London or to New York very soon. So oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, let, let us know what you think. If you like this episode in the comments. And um, thanks again, Dan. It's been amazing.
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. Dan, Shout all the out Joe
1: Street Podcast. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Hell yeah Dan, this yeah. is awesome.
0: Enjoy the rest of your night, man. Thank all you love. so much. Much all love, everybody. That, yeah. We'll see you all in the next episode. Peace.
2: Bye.